Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the long overdue sixth episode of the Dropping Paradigms podcast. My name is Steve Hunter, and I am one of your co-hosts. I am Tori Donato, the other co-host. It has been a long time, man. It has been way too long. I appreciate everyone that's jumping back on and listening to this. Just to get you all caught up, I did a move from Alabama, where I left Alabama, flew to Alaska, helped my family get on an airplane, moved to fly to Virginia, and then I hopped in a minivan uh, with the company of my dog and drove eight straight days. Uh, I did sleep uh, in between there every night, but uh, drove from Alaska uh, to Virginia through the great country of Canada, uh, which was interesting with, you know, a lot of COVID restrictions, uh, but got through it now all set up, well, kind of all set up in Virginia, have a house, and I am very glad to be getting back, you know, into the podcast with you and taking a look at our last Pixar movie for a little bit uh, with Coco. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, dude, that is, that's gotta be like the longest move ever. Did, did you happen to clock like how many miles total that was from Alabama to Alaska cross country to Virginia? So I did not add in the Alabama to Alaska cause I flew on an airplane, but it's something like, I think I did 4,500 miles. Good gracious. Virginia in the minivan. That's awesome. That's, that's wild. And in eight days, that's, that's a lot of driving, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it was good though. It gave me, you know, a good opportunity to kind of reflect and to think about, you know, different things going on in my life as I'm moving on to the new job, as we're leaving Alaska, you know, the good things that I learned from there and the things that, you know, I want to make sure that we continue to do in Virginia that, you know, made, Alaska is such a, a great opportunity for us. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, yeah, I also am really glad to be jumping back on the podcast. It kind of felt weird. I was getting like that, that itch, like we need to record again. It's been a long time. So I am excited to be talking about Coco. One, because it's just one of my favorite Pixar movies, but also because it's what the people want and we got to give the people what they want. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I don't I think you may have been done a little extra cheerleading for this movie though to to get it uh, voted where it is. But nonetheless, I, I can neither seen... confirm or deny that. <laughs> I had not seen Coco in a long time and I'm super glad that actually the the folks voted for it because it's not one that I probably would have went back and watched without them voting for it. But I think it's got some really good lessons learned and just a, a unique and interesting story. So let's get hopping right into it. Coco was released on November 22nd of 2017. It was the 19th feature film from Pixar and it received a 97% uh, from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes and an audience score of 94%. So Impeccable record by Pixar. Yes, definitely certified fresh in their 19th film that's certified fresh and, and still, you know, kicking butt. And as always, I have the IMDb storyline. I am interested to hear what this one is. This one's actually pretty good. So, all right. Despite his family's baffling generations old ban on music, Miguel dreams of becoming an accomplished musician like his idol, Ernesto de la Cruz. Desperate to prove his talent, Miguel finds himself in the stunning and colorful land of the dead, following a mysterious chain of events. Along the way, he meets charming trickster Hector, and together, they set off an extraordinary journey to unlock the real story behind Miguel's family history. Ooh, that is pretty good. I mean, if I had never seen Coco, just by that IMDb summary, I probably would have been like, that sounds pretty good. I want to watch it. And there are like absolutely no spoilers in that storyline. Also true. Which is interesting. And just for everyone's, if you haven't seen Coco yet, like don't listen to this episode, go watch Coco and then come back and listen because we're going to spoil the whole movie for you. Yes, we and certainly promise, are. And I promise it's way better without the spoilers. Very true. 
And uh, so in true fashion, though, before we, you know, dive into what the dimes are, I got a couple, uh, two things that I want to talk about. First, I want to talk about the year 2017. Doesn't it seem seems like, like forever ago. I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say it doesn't seem like <laughs> one, but whatever. But I wanted to kind of bring back some of those things that we always talk about, right? So gallon of milk, $3.15. Average gas price, two fifty-five which I think all of us would like to see again. Yep. Movie ticket. What are your guess? What's your guess? Movie ticket. I'm going to go uh, 12.57. No, not even close. That's no. like what it is now. So what was it in 2017? 8.93. 8.93? Oh. Yeah, the good old days. Yeah, those are the good old days, man. <laughs> what do you think the number one movie in November was? The number one movie, November 2017. Oh, man. I got to go Hint. back in. Hint, not Coco. Not Coco. Okay. Um, I got to go back in the brain banks here to figure out what movies even came out in 2017. You know your Marvel lineage. Okay. This would have been Avengers Infinity War. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. It's tough with the Marvel lineage because they didn't release them in like chronological order. So, okay. So question you got to give me, you got to give me a pass on that one. I, I mean, I'll give you a pass, even though I told you it was Marvel and you just guessed a Marvel movie, but sure. <laughs> Are you one that will go back and watch them in order they were released? Or do you go back and find that like, fan poster that shows how you're supposed to watch them oh i for sure i haven't yet but my my plan is to spend like a week and watch them in chronological order because i just want to go back and watch the movies in that order to see how much i missed the first couple times of watching those movies and how everything connects and see if it connects a little bit better like if if marvel just had this whole brainchild thing completely mapped out in two ways to release them the way that they did but then also uh retrospectively to have viewers go back and watch them in the order that they should have been released chronologically uh just to see how well marvel put all that all that together because i i think that's one of the more fascinating like movie series for you know any anybody who loves movies just because the way that they were released just to the public, I think was really awesome in, in the order that they went. But the fact that they're not released in chronological order piques my interest immensely. And it also gets Marvel more watches of their movies. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think one day I'll go back and watch them all in order. Uh, but until then, I will just continue to enjoy them for what they are and what they're putting out on Disney plus as well as then just go read the people that are way smarter than me and how the story actually ties together. Uh, thank you to all those people on the internet that do all of the research and homework so that I know what's going on in most of the episodes. Yeah. A couple more things in 2017. Uh, we saw the first total solar eclipse to cross the United States in 99 years. Starbucks released the unicorn frappuccino. I know that's your favorite. The unicorn frappuccino. You'd have to tell everybody. Now everybody knows. Uh, the Nintendo Switch came out. Ha, that's funny. Uh, funny because, yeah, I should probably explain why. That was really weird. Um, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, the came out. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because last year, my kids were all about the, the Nintendo Switch. I think we went over to one of their cousins' house and they had the Switch. And they would not stop bugging us about the Nintendo Switch. And so we made them a deal. We bought them a couple of games for the, for the uh, Switch for Christmas this past year. And we basically told them, okay, for you to get the actual system, you've got to earn it. So, you know, do your chores, all that sort of stuff. And what's funny is they've completely forgot about the fact that they have Nintendo Switch games. They just don't have the actual system. <laughs> and so we still haven't bought it. And <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. Great parenting right there. I like it. Made yeah. <laughs> All right. So Switch, Oculus, uh, fidget spinners. Oh, fidget spinners. 
How many did you have? Zero. I think my oldest has like two. Oh, dude, I'm not going to lie. I had probably like six different ones at once. Those things used to, they were like, I was so addicted to fidget spinners for about three or four months. I'm ashamed of it now. It's one of those inventions that, you know, like I just kick myself. Like, why didn't I think of that? Like the pet rock. Yeah. (laughs) The uh, Tesla Model 3. And probably the one that I think is most important for 2017 is Hulu Live. Hulu has live sports. Yes. Yes. We, I don't know if that was the year that we got the, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield uh, commercial where he just yelled at us all the time about Hulu having live sports or what, but I'm a big fan of Hulu Live, even though now that along with a lot of other people, I've, you know, cut the cord to keep my costs low so that I can, you know, watch television the way I want to watch it. And now I have Hulu Live, Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max. So it didn't really help. Yeah, all, all the things. Because whenever any new company puts out their new TV streaming service, like you got to try it out. Yep, of course. All right, let's get back to Coco. And uh, one of the things as I was, you know, getting prepared to, to watch it, and I think this is on IMDb, it actually said the person that created it, Lee Unkrich from Pixar, was said to have created this because Dia, Dia de los Muertos left a lasting impression on, lasting and inspiring impression on him. And he created the story because he started to wonder what if you could actually meet your deceased relatives? So that made me think about, you know, the question that we've all heard, you know, a hundred thousand times, if you had the chance to sit down with three dead people, we'll, we'll stick to the more famous or celebrities. Cause we don't want to hurt anybody in our family's feelings. Cause I, I know, you know, just, you're probably like me where there are some people in my family that I would love to sit down with again. And there's probably some people in my family that I don't necessarily care to sit down with again. Uh, so sure. we're going to stick to celebrities. So we don't hurt anybody's feelings on the podcast. So you got three, two, one, who's on your mind? What are you thinking? Ooh, three, two, one. Okay. Um, this is an interesting question. And for me, it's a question that, or the answer has changed over the years. Because I've gotten older and my interests have gotten different, the answer has changed. I think third would be the late, great Kobe Bryant, just because... It's like after he passed, you see so many different videos of interviews, you know, that he did or just stories about him and all that sort of stuff. And you wonder if some of those stories were true. But I also think his level of of intelligence and his mindset would have just been really cool to kind of just pick his brain and see like, why are you the way you are? And how can I take some of your mamba mentality with me? So number three, we Kobe Bryant. Um, right, hang, on, hang on, before you get in there. Uh, he was also on my list. Yeah. And, you know, for similar reasons, like the whole mama mentality thing, but too, like, I want to go back and ask him about Colorado. Ooh. I want to I ask him about the infamous, you know, situation where he had the uh, sexual assault charges brought upon him and... You know, I, I want to learn, like, I want to understand how somebody like him with all the intelligence, everything that happened can get into a situation like that. Because I think that's something we can all, you know, kind of learn from. And then to see him overcome that and become, you know, kind of the, I guess, the poster dad for the girl dad movement, which I'm, you know, proud to be a part of. And yeah. even uh, for my birthday recently, just got a nice girl dad uh, shirt from my wife and girls. So nice. Yeah. Uh, but I just like just kind of learning from that negative situation from him and somebody that's so intelligent and so well spoken. Dude, that's a really good 
that's a really good point. I, I almost completely forgot about the, the Colorado thing. Like that would be very, very interesting to hear his perspective on that and how he got roped into that. Oh, that's a good one. Great minds think alike. Okay, uh, number two for me. Number two, I think I would go with, and this is a recent one, C.S. Lewis, because the more that I kind of get into my my personal faith and my spirituality and all that sort of stuff, the more C.S. Lewis's name seems to come up, not only as from what I understand, one of the, you know, benchmark, just one of the awesome, you know, most revered authors of our time, um, but also an author specifically, uh, you know, that w was unashamed to, to write about his, his beliefs. And so I'd love to kind of sit down with him and just talk with him about why he chose to write, because I've often had thoughts of maybe I should write a book and I still have aspirations of, of writing a book, but I have yet to bring myself to actually write anything other than like journal entries. So it'd be interesting to kind of ask him firstly, you know, why, why did you decide to write? What would push you to want to write? And then um, secondly, just to talk to him about a time where you know, people weren't necessarily outwardly professing their faith or anything like that. Why did you write about Christianity? So that'd be number two. And uh, that's a strong one. I hadn't hadn't thought about that, but no, it's the yeah. And I, I think authors have got to have like a very unique perspective. For a simple fact, like, like you said, it's so difficult to sit down and write a book, but just to have that much going on in your mind that you can do it over and over and over again and be regarded on such a high level as he is. Yeah, I think it's it's incredible. You know, like some of these some of these authors, these authors that, that you hear just, you know, have 20 and 30 best selling books and all this sort of stuff. And I don't know that I, I'll ever be able to write one, let alone, you know, 30. It's just amazing how, how these people view the world. And to your point, how they can just continue to crank out awesome literary works over and over and over again. I got faith you can write one. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see. Um, who's, who's your number two? I would say Johnny Cash. Ooh, okay. Uh, so my thought process with Johnny Cash was he came from the humblest of humble beginnings and, you know, was a rock star and toured with like Elvis Presley and then, you know, was turned away because his type of music wasn't what they wanted to play on the radio. Mm -hmm. And then later in life, you know, he turned from that rock star to that God-fearing Christian and I think it's just such a unique, you know, story. And it would be so interesting to hear, you know, from his time in his childhood. And, and you, you kind of get a sense of some of that through his music. Yeah. Like the five feet high and rising to, you know, man in black to, you know, when he did his cover of the song Hurt. Like you get to, you can kind of see his his legacy and, and how his life was, but it would just be, I don't know, just, I think he has such an interesting story that it would be cool to sit down with him and to, to see, you know, where each twist and turn went in, in getting to where he was, you know, in the end of being that, that God-fearing Christian. That's an interesting man. Or that's an interesting one. Um, I, full disclosure, I've heard maybe three or four Johnny Cash songs that I could probably still not name. <laughs> but so I, I did not know that about him. Um, that, that's actually really cool. All right. Uh, my number one, um, I'd be hard. This is probably the one that has not changed because I'd be hard pressed to want to sit down with anybody else. Um, it'd be Jesus. But specifically, 
young Jesus, like before his, his ministry in the Bible that, that, you know, we all know about, but I don't know, we'll call it like 20 something year old Jesus to sit down with him. And I think it'd be probably the craziest conversation I'd ever have in my life, but to, to talk to him about what I know, you know, he's, he's going to face and what he knows he's going to face and ask him how, how he carries himself every day, knowing that you are going to face the most unimaginable thing, you know, for the sins of the world, yet you still carry yourself with, with so much joy, so much consideration for other people. Like that would, that would blow me away. So 20 something year old Jesus would be my number one. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, that's, it's a tough one to, to even follow because, you know, he, I would definitely want to sit down with him. I, I went a little bit different, but before we, to leave that one, I think too, like that would be such a study in mental health. Oh, dude. And, you know, faith because it would have been so easy to run away from all that. Yet yeah. You're carrying that burden, knowing you're carrying that burden, man, like, yeah. Talk about, talk about an interesting study in mental health. For sure. So the, I have two more, I know I said three, but I, I've got two more names just because I couldn't decide which one I would want to sit down with more. Okay. First one, uh, Fred Rogers. So I think we could, we all probably learned something from Mr. Rogers. Absolutely. And I would venture to guess that the majority of us still have kids learning something from Mr. Rogers. If you or your kids have ever watched Daniel Tiger. Oh, good call. It's all based on the land of make-believe. Did you ever watch the Fred Rogers document? I guess it wasn't documentaries, the film with uh, Tom Hanks playing Fred. No, no, I haven't. Uh, it, it's been one of the ones that I actually wanted to watch along for a long time, but I, it's slipped my mind that it's even a film that I was supposed to watch. Yeah, I, I recommend it to anybody out there that hasn't seen it. It's another like really interesting journey in mental health and somebody who found the good in everything. And I still, one of the things that I always go back to and you know, I've made sure to kind of teach my daughters is he always talked about the look for the, the helpers. So it was in reference to like firefighters and police officers and EMTs. So in a scary situation, you know, it's always, you don't have to look for the negative that's happening. Look for the helpers and look for the positive. You know, look for those people that are, are risking their life to go out, to, you know, to, to save the other people. So I always thought that was a good lesson. And then the last one is Stan Lee. Oh, Stan Lee. Just, I mean, he is the mastermind behind so many interesting superheroes and an entire movement uh, with comic books and, and movies. And, you know, the, the great quote uh, from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. So just kind of not necessarily like at the C.S. Lewis level of, you know, spirituality and, and faith and Christianity. But again, kind of that author that how do you take real world lessons, things happening in the real world and transcribe that into a comic book? And what was your ultimate goal and lesson that you wanted people to learn from that? And I think a lot of that, a lot, a lot of that thinking is kind of where, you know, the dropping paradigms, you know, and this whole idea came from is, yeah. But things like comic books that you can look at and you can take those quotes like from Spider-Man and, and use those in everyday life. Dude, that is a great one, man. Like you, you literally can't mention, I'd even argue, you, you can't even mention cartoons of any, of any kind without mentioning Stan Lee. I mean, I, I would, I would for sure, you know, like you said, not maybe in the same genre but 
I mean, Stan Lee is, has got to be one of the greatest literary minds of our time as well. Yeah. And prolific. Good grief. Yep. Yeah. That's and awesome. Not, not to mention some of the best cameos in movies ever. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. I like I that. I read that uh, since he has passed away, he's no longer going to make cameos in any of the movies as just a kind of a good show of, of faith to, to him and his family. So he will live on forever in all of the movies doing his cameos, but it will be, it'll be missed, you know, looking for those little nuggets and cameos in the future. Yeah, yeah, it will be. That was so, a good question, man. I like that one. All right, let's move into the movie. So Let's drop some dimes. Yeah. I wanted to first kind of talk about, so... The movie starts out basically discussing music as the devil, right? Like Miguel's family mm-hmm. has banned music. You see his grandma yelling, like the radio's turned on. She yells no music. There's a random, uh, random three mariachi singers and guitar players like walking in the alley. She like yells out the window or she comes out the door and starts like throwing her shoe at him or something, yelling no music. So did you ever have anything like that in your family? Ooh. Um, I think ours was, which I don't know that it was like a, a thing comparing it to Coco where it was sort of a generational thing, but it was just like no, no yelling. If, if we were super loud, especially in the house, you know, I kind of grew up in a time where children were seen, but not heard. And so if you were too loud, it was always be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, or you're too loud. Uh, and so that was a thing that's even, even today, come to think of it, that's sort of stuck with me. And I find myself telling my kids, you're too loud. You're too loud. And I have to catch myself because I forget that being a kid, part of being a kid is just being loud and playing and having fun and not thinking about or taking, you know, full consideration of the environment around you and people around you and not doing it in a bad way, but just you're a kid. And so that, that was mine. Did you ever, like, were you ever given a reason? No. And so, I mean, to me, that it's very similar to, you know, the the whole Coco premise of not, you know, the music being banned, because I don't think Miguel ever really understood it. Why, you know, other than Grandma Coco, like, didn't didn't like music. So uh, mine was definitely not as serious as yours because I think yours is a really good one. And like, I'm, I'm going to take that back too. Cause I tell my kids to be quiet all the time as well. And most of the time I don't have any reason for them to actually be quiet other than yeah. they're just like, yeah, I'm just annoyed. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll be more conscious of why and when I'm doing it. But anyway, uh, so along the music lines, my cousins grew up a couple houses away from me and my older cousin, I think he's five, five or six years, four to six years older than me. He received the tag team cassette tape with this. Oh yeah. Whoop. There it is. Uh, which, you know, was a great jam. And then also the Sir Mix-A-Lot cassette tape with, you know, the iconic, you know, uh, I like big butts, but he, he was not allowed to play those songs. Needless to say, we somehow got the cassettes and we would always take them over to the park and play them in the boombox, obnoxiously loud. And <laughs> anytime like his mom or like would, you know, drive by or whatever, somebody go like turn it down and turn the radio on. But it was just interesting because especially the tag team, like the song Whoop, There It Is, there's absolutely like, there's nothing wrong with that song. It is purely yeah. just a hype song. You know, Sir Mix a lot. I, you know, maybe I can understand. You know, I mean, he was he was a teenager, so you know, whatever. 
but it was just, it, it was again, one of those things where we never really understood why we were just told that we couldn't do it. And so yeah. we're like, we did it. And I think that's, you know, that's a lot of millennials. Now we get in trouble for always asking why. And I wonder how much of that was just from growing up and just being told we couldn't do things and never really told why. Dude, that's a good point, man. Um, there's, and it's funny because now when my kids ask me why all the time, I've, I've even said it sometimes because I said so. And that's, <laughs> that's what happens in Coco, you know, with, with uh, Miguel's grandma, you know, and it's like, because I said so. And it's funny because it's, I think that's almost kind of a, like a natural human inclination is to want to know why. And probably more times than not, at least now, for sure, for me, you know, when, when I actually give my kids an explanation or I give, you know, a, somebody I'm working with an explanation of why we're doing something, they may not agree with it, but they at least understand it and can get behind it a little bit more versus me just saying, because I said so, that's why, or just not giving an answer at all. Yeah. Or you may realize that what you're asking of someone or telling someone to do is actually not what you meant because Check, you had for sure and you've kind of fully flushed it out and and really understand so i i guess that's our first i mean do we call it a you know nickel a penny uh give it a nickel yeah make sure we explain or make sure you understand the why if someone tells you that you can't uh do something and I always like to live by the philosophy of don't accept no from someone that can't tell you yes. Ooh, that's a good one. But I think that's, that's not quite the full kind of idea behind the music being banned and, and, and why in Coco. But I still think it's, it's something good to take away is, you know, make sure you under, fully understand and fully explain, you know, why you're, you know, saying no or even saying yes. Yeah. And I think if I could add another nickel on top of it and we'll make it a full dime asking for understanding is not disrespect or dissent yes preach like that's yeah. that's that i think is a huge thing now and for sure it was when i was growing up if you're asking why you know by some stretch of the imagination you're coming off as disrespectful or now if you're asking why it's because you must disagree with what decision is being made well no neither of those is actually true asking for understanding is actually helpful for you and the other person because when you understand then you can either you know align yourself with what's going on a little bit more you can you know what your role is you 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 know where the train is headed and all that sort of stuff versus not knowing and just kind of sitting on your hands when you maybe could be doing a lot of more things to, to help or to, to offer, you know, to the table. So, you know, asking for understanding is, is not dissent and it's not to disrespect. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So we've got, we've now turned that into a full first time. Boom. So the next thing I wanted to kind of bring up is as I was watching this, there were kind of four lessons. And as I was researching to, you know, what did other people take out of it? You know, what's kind of all over the, the internet? Because my goal at, when I try and create my dimes is to try and pick something out that I don't see all over the internet that I don't see everyone kind of talking about. But here are the four things that they were talking about. Number one, nothing's more important than family, which agree with like I think that's a good premise of the movie yeah uh, number two uh, forgiveness again spot on I think it's definitely something you can learn especially as you see uh, Miguel's uh, great great grandma uh, start to forgive her husband Hector who spoiler mm -hmm. alert uh, is grandma Coco's actual dad not Ernesto de la Cruz as uh, Miguel thinks in the beginning. And then number three, don't idolize anyone. And I think 
I mean, that's a good lesson, a good lesson to learn, you know, both of us uh, being, you know, Christians, you know, that's something that we're, you know, taught a lot and is talked about, you know, within the Bible. Yeah, it's, it's a good reminder that an idol doesn't have to necessarily be something that you put, you know, like that you worship, you know, on, on Sunday instead of God or something like that. But Mm -hmm. an idol can just be, you know, forgetting that people are human. Right. And, and I think both of us have done this, you know, both of us respect Kobe Bryant and the mama mentality and how he played on the court. But both of us realized that he made a big mistake and, you know, we like both of us are, are very quick to, to recognize that. And I think absolutely a good thing to recognize, like don't idolize people because Miguel fell into that trap with Ernesto de la Cruz idolized him. And then, you know, it, it almost was the, the downfall of, you know, the, of Miguel getting back from the land of the dead back into, you know, being alive and getting uh, Hector remembered by by grandma coco and then the last one which for me is the one i want to spend a little bit of time on is seize the moment so there are multiple quotes throughout the movie mostly from ernesto de la cruz and uh, he says he says and hector was my best friend success doesn't come from free for free miguel you have to be willing to do whatever it takes seize your moment i know you understand so this is as uh, Ernesto is talking to Miguel and kind of to, to back up a little bit and kind of how we got here. So Miguel wants to play music. His guitar breaks. He breaks into Ernesto de la Cruz's grave, goes and steals or starts to steal Ernesto's guitar and, you know, s- strums it. And then some magic happens and he ends up back in the land of the dead. And this whole time he's trying to, you know, help, he's trying to one, become a musician because that's what he thinks he's destined to to become. So he's trying to seize that moment uh, by playing at the festival. And in the land of the dead, like his whole premise now is to be able to to get back uh, so he can do that. And in order to get back, he has to receive the, the blessing. But yeah, the blessing from somebody in his family. And so yeah. he thinks he first, you know, goes to his great, great grandma and she doesn't give him the blessing because she doesn't want him to play music. And then, you know, he spends a lot of that time trying to go to find De La Cruz because he thinks that De La Cruz is going to give him that blessing as his great, great grandfather, because he's a mu- musician and understands. And that's where the whole sees the, the moment kind of comes into play. And throughout that, he meets Hector who he doesn't realize is actually his great-great-grandfather. Uh, but that kind of all comes to fruition as he learns that De La Cruz, when he's talking about seizing the moment, sees the moment by actually poisoning Hector because Hector wanted to stop playing music and actually go back to his family because Hector and De La Cruz were touring. And Hector was actually the songwriter and the good musician so the cruise told him it was bad chorizo he ate yes yeah (laughs) yeah ended up poisoning his drinks so to me when i as i was doing the research and i was reading i feel like people almost took the wrong lesson from seize the moment okay i feel like as they kind of read it or as they wrote it they were all talking like that's what you do you do anything you can to seize the moment and as we learned, you know, in the movie Jurassic Park, John Hammond did anything that he could do to seize his moment and almost got, you know, a bunch of scientists and his uh, niece and nephew killed. Right. Or grandchildren killed because he did, he did whatever he could to seize that moment. So my, I guess paradigm two, my, my paradigm is you have to understand what you're actually trying to do and what cost it's going to take to seize that moment, to, to go after your calling. Okay. 
And I think the movie kind of, it has this quote. So this is one of my favorite things is uh, Miguel and, and Hector are talking and Hector says, I didn't write Remember Me for the world. I wrote it for Coco. I'm pretty sorry. I'm, I'm a pretty sorry excuse for, for a great, great grandpa. And then Miguel says, are you kidding? A moment ago, I thought I was related to a murderer. Ha, you're a total upgrade. My whole life, something <laughs> that made me different. I never knew where it came from, but now I know it comes from you. I'm proud your family. I'm proud to be his family. And then Hector repeats back, I'm proud to be his family. And so I think what was interesting is, you know, Hector thought he was seizing the right moment. He was, he left his family. He was going to go be a musician. And in the end, it cost him his life because he got tied up with the wrong people in seizing that moment. He got tied up with the people that didn't check him and weren't the right weren't weren't the people that were going to tell him that he was you know going too far or forgetting about his family forgetting those other lessons uh, that were kind of learned so yeah my, my dime is as you look to seize of that moment make sure that you have someone that can put you in check I like that one. That's, that's a really good point. Especially like you look at today's society and there is this huge like cloud of FOMO that hangs over a lot of people. FOMO, fear of missing out, right? And you see it probably most commonly on social media with different opportunities or people who are trying to start their own businesses. Everybody has like a master class that they do now, or you know, a sale that's going on, and only today can you buy it at this price because tomorrow the price is gonna go up. And there's all these things that are urging people to seize their moment, if you will, or seize the opportunity that's there without necessarily doing what you're saying, which is thinking back or taking a step back and, and saying to themselves, what is the cost of this? If I do this, what am I going to lose? Right? Because we, I think we can agree that if Hector knew that going and being a musician and touring and, you know, going to these towns and playing his music and stuff would eventually cost him his life. He would have probably set long and hard with that decision of whether or not I'm going to be a musician. And my guess based off of how the movie uh, portrays itself is that Hector would have not been a, a, a musician at all. Because like he said, he wrote that song for Coco. Yeah, yeah, or just not done it at that time, right? Like yeah. continue to, to write the songs, continue to grow and then look for that next moment, that better moment to be able to do it where he didn't lose his family, didn't lose his life. And, you know, I, I don't want it to make it sound like we're advocating to be a Monday morning quarterback and to, to not, you know, go out and, you know, potentially do something that, that's going to, you know, maybe cost you some money or cost you some friendships or something like that. But just to make sure that you, you have somebody that you can bounce your ideas off of that's a interested party in so much they're interested in you but not so much that they're interested in, you know, the riches or the fame or the whatever that's going to come, could potentially come from it if you do, you know, succeed. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. Um, I want to throw, throw this question out to you though, because I think you're 100% right in that you need somebody who can keep you in check. But one of the things that I think in Coco that is interesting is Miguel spends his time in the land of the dead seeking his great-grandfather's or his great-great-grandfather's blessing to go and do something that he wants to do. And so what are your thoughts on maybe the difference between having somebody who can keep you in check versus having somebody that you need permission from? Ooh, um, I, like that immediately I go back to what I mentioned earlier 
and I go back to don't take no or you don't let someone tell you no that can't tell you yes. So are you actually looking for someone to tell you that you can do it? And do you need that permission? Because to me, that person that is checking you, you're not seeking permission. Okay. You're, you're looking for the potential things that you overlooked. You're looking for them to provide a different perspective, not for them to tell you that your idea is, you know, the greatest thing ever, or that you're going, that you're the greatest singer. I know I think about AGT or, you know, uh, American Idol, where, you know, you got like William Hung, like guaranteed people, you know, fed his ego and told him that he was great. And in reality, like he was not a great singer, uh, but he, he still made it because I think people were laughing at him more than they were laughing with him. But that's beside the point. It goes back to don't, don't always look for someone to give you permission because it's not, it's not always needed, but look for someone that will help you and be there through the challenges, through the success, and always provide you that perspective that allows you to keep that kind of even, even mindset, right? Like it's very easy as you're the person pursuing something to get, you know, super hyped about it or, you know, super low when that failure or, you know, that negative happens. So have that person that's right here, that's not giving you the permission, but keeping you at that even level to, to help you be successful. I like that, man. I like it. And uh, I, I agree with you 100%, dude. That's that sort of push and pull between how we were just talking about, you know, we're not saying that you shouldn't seize your moment and that you shouldn't take these opportunities, but in taking those opportunities, make sure that you're, you're doing it with a clear and sound mind and you're not doing it because you feel as though the opportunity is going to expire. Because if there's one thing that I've learned about opportunities is that they're everywhere. It's just a matter of whether or not we can see them. Sometimes they look like work. Sometimes they look like opposition. Sometimes they look like obligations. But if we choose to see them as opportunities, then they're everywhere. It may not be the opportunity that we thought we wanted, but it might be the opportunity that is going to most benefit us in the long run. And so, you know, I think that's, you know, if I'm hearing you right, I think that's what we're both sort of saying is just have a, have a clear mind, you know, when, when you're seizing your moment, if you will. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So I gave you my, my paradigm, we work together uh, to create, to take two nickels and make that first paradigm. So what was your uh, paradigm from, from Coco? Yeah. Um, my, my dime is also something that is not necessarily a thing that you can research. And the movie itself, I think, is, is this demonstration of this. And so I'll start my paradigm by asking you a question. How do you transcend time? So, uh, I, I mean, I think back to you. Are you I, I guess, are you asking me or just my belief in it? Um, I guess both, you know, what's, what's your belief in it? And, and, and how do you yourself feel that you can transcend time? So one way I think is this podcast and part of the reason that I wanted to do it um, and, and, you know, hopefully people continue to listen to this, you know, for years to come. I think the second one is in the people that you meet and interact with and impart 
you know, your personality and, and ideas and wisdom. Uh, I think if you look at uh, both of my uh, children, you will see a little bit of me uh, in them, especially when it, you talk about competitive nature. Uh, but I think the, the, the other thing that kind of comes to my mind is just the, the Sandlot quote, uh, and I'm gonna get it wrong, but uh, what is it? Legends live forever, Le legends live forever, but heroes never die. Other way around, heroes oh, live forever, hero but legends yeah. never die. There you go. Heroes live forever, legends never die. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's more about what you have said and done. That's how you kind of transcend time. It's what people remember about you. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, okay. So let me, let me take it back to Coco here for a second. So you've got two, we'll call them realms of time for lack of a better term. You've got the, the living world, which is finite you know, at some point you're going to die. And then you have got the land of the dead. So the land of the living and the, and the land of the dead and the land of the dead is infinite. But why is it infinite? The only reason why it's infinite is because of those in the land of the living that are able to keep the memory of those who are now in the land of the dead alive. So on that one day of the year, you know, Dia de los Muertos, sorry for my pronunciation, I failed Spanish class. Um, but during that one day of the year, you know, that those people who are in the land of the dead can cross over into the land of the living and spend time with their, with, with their relatives. And I think that's one of the really cool things that's, to me, really evident in, in the movie, but it's not something that's necessarily talked about. And so the paradigm is this, you, you, you transcend time by the people that you affect. And so you, you, you already kind of talked about it. It's this podcast. It is, you know, the competitive edge that you have instilled in your daughters. It's the smart aleckness that I've now un you know, unintentionally instilled in my kids. Um, you know, it's the, it's the, the authors that we've talked about who were extremely prolific. Uh, you know, I have no doubt that in 10 years, they're still going to be making comic book movies from, from Stan Lee's, you know, comics that he did who knows how many years ago. It's, it's the reason why people like, Martin Luther King and, and Gandhi and, you know, the, the, the history that they teach in school still exists. It's because the people continue to keep it alive. If we stopped, like, I'm, I'm going to say something maybe controversial here, but if, if we, if everybody in America just completely stopped talking about the fact that slavery ever happened, eventually nobody would know it ever happened because there'd be nobody to keep that memory alive or to, to continue to, to propagate that, that memory forward in, into the next generation. And I think that's a really interesting thing because a lot of us, I think, want to leave some sort of legacy to, to, to the world, whether that is a legacy of, of, of who we are or, you know, a lot of us who have kids, you know, I, I definitely want to leave a legacy for, for my children, um, which is also part of this podcast, right? For them, maybe one day when they're, when they're older to break out whatever technology they're, they're using at that point and listen, you know, to their dad and this other old guy talk about movies that they maybe saw when they were really young. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they will still be able to do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That would be crazy if they couldn't. Um, but it's, it's part of the reason why I personally journal. Uh, it's, it's, it's for me, but it's also for one day for my, my kids to read and for hopefully their, their kids to read. Like I, I specifically write letters to my children that they don't know about, but for, their, their, for them to read 
you know, whenever I've, I've left this earth uh, for, for, for them to read, to, to maybe get a better understanding of, of who their dad was and the things that he cared about. And for them to know that uh, whether or not they, they, they felt it or whether or not they, they, they believed it, you know, that their dad loved them more, more than any, more than anything in the world. And I think that's one of the really beautiful things that you see in, in this movie Coco is this transcendence of time and that how, how important it is for these people in the land of the living to keep the memory alive of those who have now crossed over to the land of the dead. Because, and I think at the end of the movie, Miguel even says, says it's our job to remember them, right? It's, it's, and that's how you, how you kind of transcend time. And it's this, this beautiful illustration of relationships that have impacted people so much that they have, they're almost compelled to tell somebody else about those, those relationships. And in doing so, they keep that, that person or the impact that that person had on them, they keep that alive and they pass that impact to the next person. So that's, that's my dime. Yeah. So we kind of talked about this in, the, in other episodes, but, you know, Tori and I don't spend a lot of time like telling each other about, you know, the paradigms that we're going to drop because we kind of want to get that initial reaction. So when he talked about, you know, transcend time, he just kind of mentioned it. And like, I, I, I will tell you, dude, like this, I'm going to be thinking about what you just said and what you talked about, you know, for days and, and weeks, because I, leaving a good, you know, legacy, leaving, leaving words and wisdom and understanding for my kids, I think is, is extremely important. And one of the other things I was kind of, I thought about previously, and, and I think it kind of ties into what you're saying, you know, I've not, you know, talked a lot about like my grandma and grandpa uh, who have both, you know, passed away. And then, you know, one of my aunts who was, you know, very, you know, really critical and, and she's the one that always brought me to church and, and was the one that, you know, led me to the, the Christian life that I, that I try and always live. But I have not really shared their legacy or, you know, who or what they are uh, with my kids. And a lot of that is just because, you know, for me, it's, it's easier to not bring up, you know, the, the stories and, and some of that, because it, you know, it's, while they're happy memories, it also kind of brings up some of that, you know, that sadness and, you know, some of that, that feeling of missing them. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's extremely important you know, because if anybody uh, knows my two girls, uh, they, and knows my grandpa, they are both very much like him, especially the, my youngest, my grandpa did not know a stranger. There was not a single person in this world that he couldn't strike a conversation with and wouldn't talk to and just the other day, like my youngest went up to her mom and she's like, can I go talk to those people? I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember where they were, you know, probably Target or something like that. But she, she has no idea who they are. And, and like for all of you that are listening and yelling and screaming stranger danger, like she understands stranger danger and is not like, it's not that kind of thing, but she just like, she's very outgoing and outspoken. And both my girls are that way where they want to meet new people they want to be that person that if there's a new person in the classroom, they want to be the person to, you know, bring them around. And I think what you talk about of transcending time and keeping those memories alive and helping, you know, my girls understand, you know, the Hunter family and, you know, where and what the last name means to me and what it meant, you know, to, you know, those other folks in our family. I think it's extremely important. So like I said, I, I did not know where you were going with the whole transcend time. And I, I will tell everyone, I think this is, this is easily, you know, our, 
you know, top one or two uh, paradigms that we have dropped. And I, I challenge all of you to really dig into this idea of transcending time and think about how you are going to be remembered, how you want people to remember you. And those of you that have kids, like what are the memories and the lessons that you want your kids to, to take away? Dude, that's awesome, man. Um, full disclosure. I honestly had no idea where I was going to go with that either. <laughs> um, You're not supposed to tell them that. Yeah. Uh, peek behind the curtain, folks. Uh, you know, we, we do not rehearse this. We, we literally do this stuff live. It is not canned. We don't write it down. It's just what comes to us. And, you know, that's, that's honestly what came to me. And I think in some respect, I was, I was still talking to myself because I do those things, but I don't do them enough. I'm, I'm on, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't talk about the people in my life that have passed away that I should talk about because it's, it's hard. And I have moments where I'm very much so focused on, you know, what are the things that I want to leave my kids and my family and leave, leave this world and all that sort of stuff. And I have, I have other moments where I'm just like, eh, you know, whatever. And, and so, uh, yeah, it just kind of, it, just just kind of came but i think it is it is a, a a really um crucial dime i think it's a really it's it, it's beautifully woven in, in into the movie coco uh because you can see also how time transcends or how how people transcend time in different ways because you look at hector and for all miguel knew Hector had deserted the family, you know, left, left his great, great grandmother on her own with the child to, you know, go on to bigger and better things as a musician and all this sort of stuff. And then just never heard from him again. You've got uh, another person who in Ernesto de la Cruz, who was a legitimate murderer, but transcended time in the most positive way, you know, for decades and decades as this famous musician who encouraged people to be more than they could be and made these movies and seize your moment and all this sort of stuff. And like, that's, that's the other thing too, that gets lost in the movie that we don't, we, we don't want you guys to get lost here is that to really think about like Heath was saying, how you were leaving that legacy. And when, you're no longer here and, and your name and who you are or who you were and what you did and how you impacted people, when it starts to transcend time, what is it going to sound like? What are people going to say? Is it going to be true to who you actually were and what you actually did? Like something to think about for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, man, I, I don't think I can say anything else. I, I think I think we've said enough for this episode. I think we have. You've left me with something to think about, so I'm I'm hoping the listeners have something to think about as well. And before we go, I will say we appreciate all of you that you know post to our Facebook pages as you're listening. Uh, if you want to go in and you know tell us what three famous dead people. Uh, you'd like to have uh, dinner with and why we'd love to hear that and then another little challenge is if anybody's willing you know what are you some ways as Tori talked about right like journaling and you know for us this podcast what are some ways that you look to transcend time either you personally or to trans transcend time for your kids uh, but just what are some of those things that uh, that you guys uh, do so with that, I will say thank you all uh, for listening. Thank you to everyone that has already subscribed, rated, and reviewed. If you haven't done so, please click those buttons because uh, we'd love to keep doing this. And I, I will promise not to take another multi-week uh, hiatus from you all. 
We've already been talking about some potential uh, episodes with the new Space Jam movie, the old school Space Jam movie. We got the Olympics coming up, got uh, Cruella. We've got some, some interesting things kind of on the horizon. And as always, if you have anything you'd like us to cover, please uh, let us know. But for now, for me, that's all I got. So see y'all. All right, guys. Take care.